Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM three CR digital three cr.org.au and on demand out of the pan with Sally a special um, international um, day of people with a disability special on this Sunday the third of December two thousand and seventeen three CR um, proudly acknowledges that we are broadcasting from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay respects to elders past present and emerging including our Queer elders, who in turn include sister girls and brother boys, and acknowledge their contributions to diversity and intersectionality on and around the lands. A special program today, and two special guests in the studio, um, who um, we'll be chatting with in just a second, and opened up with Jeff Healy, and um, I Need to Be Loved, which we all do, regardless of sexual orientation, gender, or ability, and each in our way. And um, of course, Jeff. Um, was someone who experienced blindness, um, his word, and of course adapted his uh, guitar playing style in a unique way where he put the guitar on his lap and got such an amazing sound. So it seemed like a good way to start off a show on this particular day. I'm joined in the studio by two fab guests to talk about queer and disability at the intersection, um, the spaghetti junction of um, human uh, multifacetedness. Erin, um, welcome. And, Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, good to have you. You're um, a well. You're navigating, good at navigating your way in around the three CR studios. You've been in here <laughs> I, a bit. I get the around t- a bit. <laughs> round, 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 round. You get around, and your pronouns are he, him. And I'm joined a first timer in the three CR studios, yep. um, Kermy, and um, welcome to you. And your pronouns, if any, are thank you. Um, my pronouns are they generally, and. Yeah, and so we've got we've got a nice a nice balance of genders with the she her pronoun presenter. Um, we've got it all covered. Um, diversity at its best. Was listening to various programs throughout the morning. Lots of themes came up, but of course we've, as I say, we're at our part of the intersection, waiting on you know for our lights to go green all the time. So I wanted to just dive in, um, you know, get some ideas first. Um, a little bit about when. You know, when 3CR said, okay, this year um, IWD falls on a Sunday and put out a call, who's interested in coming on the show? And you um, said, yes. Um, what were your first thoughts? You know, you just sort of said, what would I like to talk about? Because we're here, we have a chance to do it. Um, whoever wants to dive in first. Oh, well, Kim? for me, it was partly just how exciting to actually have a chance to acknowledge that we mm, exist yep. in some yep. sense. Yeah. Yeah, that, that hidden, you know, so many parts of our society overall are hidden and so many parts. And then we start drilling down the queer community. And I would imagine, you know, there's lots of hidden forms, I imagine, of disability, you know, when we oh, look yeah. at the broad range Certainly, of it. Yeah. So, you know, there's the first point. Hey, we're, <laughs> we're out. <laughs> um, and Aaron? Um, I mean, look, I'm 
this is uh, slightly embarrassing, but I'm always just happy to be involved. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, disability, I mean, disability affects one in five people globally, mm. one of the mm. largest minorities in the world. Um, any kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Awareness isn't quite the word, but any kind of focus on us, I guess, yeah. is always good because we are left out of stuff a lot. Um, often in like, not meaningfully, like people don't mean to leave us out, yeah. but it happens a lot. Well, look, you've hit a fair point that, you know, privilege exists and sometimes we're not aware of our own privilege mm. when we have it. Um, did this exercise a few years ago where I was on a panel on privilege and thought I'd better research, looked up the Wikipedia article and I thought, oh gosh, I've never stopped to think that I've always had a roof over my head, that I'm educated. You just take them for granted. Yeah, yeah. We all can, We all can do it. And that's okay, so long as we go, okay, let's be more aware of it in the future. And that's the thing. Um, my, my most embarrassing privilege realisation was when I was 16, um, and I can't remember what was happening, but there was something in the news. And I, I looked to my friends and I was like, oh my God, you guys, did you know racism still exists? Mm. <laughs> um, and I, I, that is very embarrassing to admit, but I admit it because, yeah, we do. We all, we, if, you, if you're not aware of your privilege, like... It's very easy to not be aware of your privilege. Yeah, and then yeah. if you're not aware of your privilege, you're less likely to be engaged with people who don't share that privilege, yeah. and so yeah. you're less likely to exactly. have opportunities to, to find yeah. out. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing, and I, I, I think that, you know, you know, there is the sort of things like the so-called snakes and ladders game, you know, which look at privilege, and, you know, the more privilege you have, you know, white over other skin colours, cisgender over trans and gender diverse, and heterosexual over other sexual orientations... I'll, I'll use the phrase for a second. I want to come back to this meeting expectations about or appear to be meeting expectations about ability mm. compared to others, you know, and we all know the list and all of the groups are valid. You know, the, if you if you fit the privilege part, you're just not going to think about it as much. Whereas I've found in the last few years, people who may be on the not meeting the privilege are beginning, I'm finding maybe it's just more connection. There's more people who will say, well, okay, you're situation's different to mine, but you're copping it. Not fair. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's happening a bit? I do. I think the internet is a lot to, to ah, thank for that. Yeah. Because mm. we're, the internet is, for all its flaws, it is highly <laughs> democratised. Yes. You know? um, people have access to voices they might not have otherwise. We're no longer reliant on mainstream methods from hearing from people. Yep. And talking of internet, I should mention, if you want to get in touch with the program, anyone would think we planned this, and it was serendipitous. Thank you, Erin. Um, <laughs> out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com. Um, text 61456751215. Tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And look for the entry on my Facebook page or out of the pan, 3CR855 AM Melbourne. Um, all the ways to get in touch with the program. Love your comments, thoughts, and feedback on everything. So drilling in a bit further, um, you know, so, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, there, there is that starting point of awareness. Um, and I suppose the thing with disability is, you know, then there's, you know, it's broadly categorised into intellectual, mental, um, physical disability amongst others. And then we, there's so many variations therein. Um, oh, it's enormous. It's enormous. Totally yeah. different for each individual person as well. So it's yep. Yeah, I mean, even people category. within the same condition can have drastically different experiences. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's drill into that then. You know, um, what, okay, well, I, yeah. have, I have a good example of this because I have uh, chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, right. um, which are diagnoses of exclusion, which means that 
to get diagnosed with that, the doctors go, well, we've ran a bunch of tests and we still don't know what's wrong with you, but you have these symptoms, so this is what we'll call it. Okay. Um, and because of that, that means that uh, this condition, you know, there are people with the same conditions as me who are capable of full-time work with accommodations or, you know, people who, like, can recover, go into remission after a few years. I am nothing like either of those types of people. Uh I am at the other end. I spend most of my time on bed rest. Um, And so even within this diagnosis, the differences of experience are so extreme you almost can't compare us. Yeah, see, there's a good thought. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, I'm in a similar boat. I've I've also got a chronic fatigue diagnosis. Uh And... It kind of feels like you've been chucked into just like the miscellaneous basket. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Where it's like you don't necessarily have a lot in common with the other people with the same thing, but we don't have anywhere else to put you, so yeah. this is the one you're going to get. Well, I suppose we've got in, in a way unanimous over here in that um, when I was recognised with um, cyclothymia, which is part of the bipolar family, it was, well, you didn't have bipolar 1 or 2, but you've still got some fluctuation in mood yeah. on. We don't yep. usually do the cyclothymia <laughs> di- diagnosis, and I'll put it in inverted commas, which is how I see it. Mm. So we'll put you in there. You know, It's sort of the bit, yeah, that's bit, that in inverted commas bit too hard basket. Yep. And, of course, it also brings up issues of medicalisation of disability. Um, yeah. And I want, you know, I want to have a chat about that, particularly where, um, well, let's say it could really intersect with queer, but where it might be perceived to be intersect with queer and isn't. You know, there's a couple of thoughts because often people, you know, yes, we all know queer people face lots of mental health issues due mm. to discrimination, but then mm. something like my situation can be almost erased. Oh, it's just because of trans or something. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And the intersection um, of being trans and disabled i think because we're all trans here yeah mm. um another another tick for the diversity of this this particular show thank you um <laughs> but like for years i was denied medical ac- access to medical transition because uh of my chronic illness mm. because they were kind of like oh but well, you know it we should wait till it gets better <laughs> it's like ah yes yes the chronic illness i've had since i was 13 yes that that we don't know what causes it or anything yes mm. let's wait for that to get better mm. um and i mean just i have no backup data for this but anecdotally there are a lot of disabled people who are trans and i think that you know a lot of um situations that put us in these very difficult health situations are exacerbated by being trans oh look that 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 can be the case, um, but it's uh, you know where it's where you know, and I think the you know that um, you know it's the old um, multiple exponential component of yeah, discrimination. Definitely. The thing is where people make false automatic linkages, and, you know, and think yeah. that trans is autism, for example. Oh yes. <laughs> or coming to your stories, um, a dear dear friend of mine who comes under the trans and gender diverse umbrella on Centrelink manage somehow to get an appointment covered by Centrelink to go to one of the CFS specialists in Melbourne. Oh, nice. Um, unfortunately, that's where the nice ends, trigger yeah. warning, yeah, yeah, was told that it was, quote, his, in inverted commas, lifestyle, and doesn't use he pronouns in a million years, yep. that was causing CFS, and if they just stopped the lifestyle, it would, the CFS would be solved. Right. Yep. Um, yep. Even though we have, you know, the anti-discrimination laws, but of course, how do you prove it when it's one-on-one and all yep. that sort of thing? Totally. So there's yeah. this instant sort of, you know, linkage of any for- some a lot of forms of disability, let's say, with gender identity. Yeah, and I mean, there is a very strong. There's a very strong idea that 
if you're disabled, especially if you're physically disabled and you're transgender, you're only transgender because you hate your body for being disabled. Oh, yeah. um, that's a good one. That's a really common one. Um, and on you know, the mel- mental illness side, well, you're only trans because you're mentally ill. Yeah, mm. um, or, or, or vice versa. Or vice versa. You don't really suffer this. It's really. just because you're trying to be something that you're not. Kind and of. if you're mm. developmentally disabled, well, you don't know what you are. Mm. You totally. Know? <laughs> yeah. Um, like... Any and this is this is one of the big intersections of trans and disability because no matter what kind of disabled you are, able-bodied people, able-bodied cis people in particular are gonna blame it for you being trans or are gonna blame you being disabled on being trans or being trans on being disabled yeah. one way or the other. And that can make it hard to be forthright and honest with mm. um, the medical professionals that you actually rely on yeah. as well. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, for a long time, my, my body is kind of. It's fairly non-committable about sex hormones when left to its own devices. Um, and that was causing some problems yep. for me um, physiologically in, in, um, in like, what am I trying to say? Like, it, very intense uh, ways that were disrupting my ability to, you know, mm. move around and things like that. Um, and when I tried to go just the conventional, hey, I'm cis and I need some help kind of yep. route... I couldn't find it from anyone. Um, doctors just didn't care. And I ended up kind of having to play the system a little bit and like mm. overemphasize certain aspects of transness yeah. to access certain types of treatment mm-hmm. to help with this physical problem that really didn't have much to do with gender. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. and, and then it was like, but then I can't actually talk about these other issues with these same people or they'll go, oh, hang on. It's it's tricky to kind of navigate, yeah. and then of course, if you get frustrated, you'll be told you're angry, mm-hmm. um, and, and that... then they lose your files. Not that that's ever happened. No, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, lots yeah. of you know um, exponential challenges. No question on that. So yeah, it's um, something to consider, and we we'll perhaps um, you know we might just have a quick music, another music track, um, and. I did actually do this honest this thing that commercial radio doesn't understand called research and preparation in planning oh today's show. Yes, <laughs> um, I'm off to educate them afterwards at a seminar. No, <laughs> but um, um, we mentioned um, the opening track by Jeff Healy, who found his way to play guitar. And I must, must admit, when I was researching music for today and came up with the musicians, you sometimes think, "Gosh, they're great musicians," and in a way. One can forget they experience a disability. And, of course, the next one from one of the best movies of all time, here's Ray Charles, Uh Uh, 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand, Um, an international um, People with a Disability Day special with Sally and guests Erin and Kermie. We so rarely see positive representations of the sexualities of people with disability, particularly people with intellectual disability, that we don't see. Absolutely, revolution that is for an truly inclusive society. And I did forget to mention in the first segment, I know today is a special program, but I think it would be impossible for me not to mention um, if, um, in terms of regular, um, the news of the week, the awesome news out of the family court um, with the ending of um, yes. stage two treatment for puberty blockers, yes. um, you know, which now puts 
trans people, um, in a way, on a level footing, there's still going to be a need for family court intervention, let's say, if there's conflict between parents, but that would be the same for anything else. You exactly. Know, yeah. Which is so it's a much fairer outcome, and I've got to say that, um, you know, watching and listening to commentary on media, social media, on throughout Thursday and into Friday, just people crying tears of joy, parents yeah. and families, was just a beautiful thing. Um, best Australian trans news in ages. Mm-hmm. And so, we can use all we can get. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's been a beep for two years at least. Um, so this is this is our yes vote, in my opinion, yeah. if I can mm-hmm. say that. Um, just been enormous um, to have that, you know, just such a tonic. Um, so who knows? You know, all those trans candidates selected in America and one in Canada in early November and then the us yes next. That, us next. Another yes vote. Now this. <laughs> who knows? Could we have um, at least, you know, reached a watermark, so to speak? You know, we'll call it a, I don't know whether you call it a high or a low watermark in <laughs> this creep to the right, but um, could we have put, well, to use an analogy for this weekend, the sandbags up? Um, <laughs> yeah, which also leads to um, one issue which, I, you know, I suppose comes in for people with disabilities. It got me thinking as I got out of the car when the rain was bucketing Friday and I thought, oh, shit, I haven't used the umbrella in weeks. It's in the boot. Mm. And there I was getting out of the car in the first place. <laughs> um, but it's like, oh, you get drenched and then you think, God, what if you're in a wheelchair? <laughs> you know, And yep. there's floods on the footpath or in the gutters or something, things you don't think about. And there's lots we don't. But we... Um, we're talking during the break of arts and we played Ray Charles prior to the messages and a shake a tail feather, of course, from Blues Brothers and Ray, of course, someone who was um, blind as well. And yet, you know, sometimes in a way, because Ray was so amazing and, you know, achieved so much, sometimes we almost don't notice it. And that can be an issue. And I know, Kermie, you wanted to talk about the arts a lot because that's something that um, interests you a great amount. So, um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's a big sort of area to just launch right into. Like well, that. yes. <laughs> um, so if we take the music example of, um, you know, forgetting that these artists have experience of disability in, in different shapes mm. and forms, um, very often the only artists who you kind of can come up with, though, are yeah. historical examples who were these real exceptional mm. superstar kind of talents yeah. who... Um, Maybe we're a bit um, without peer on the same level. Yeah, who shared that kind of direct yeah experience. But, and when they do come up, it, it's always you know they were amazing despite their disability. Yes, oh. um, you know, <laughs> yeah. actually tends to be a big factor. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, you know, it, it can be into that sort of you know patronizing mode almost yeah. when people say despite it's sort of like mm. I, get, I get what Stella the late Stella Young said you know we're about the disability porn type of thing yeah. it can be Absolutely. you know that sort of patronizing or oh, you say brave sort of thing and trans people cop it too yeah. but yeah. you know um you know in terms of arts we wanted to talk about barriers to access in there that maybe you know some some of us in our own privilege won't see or think about you know, I know that was um, something of, of interest to you. Yeah. Um, so, for example, if we take uh, just like spinning off from music like live music or theatre, things like that, mm. um, very often the venues themselves don't have much in the way of access provisions unless yep. sometimes, you know, like if you go to some of the, like the big state things, like if you want to go to a big thing on the art centre or something, you might have more chance of actually finding an area where there's seating that's wheelchair accessible or um, an audio-described performance, Uh things like that. Um, 
but very often it's you know an event is held in a rickety room somewhere up the back of a mm. god knows where especially and, in melbourne where we romanticize the down an alley up a secret staircase so into it yeah. venue yeah, there's the CBD and inner suburbs, which yeah. have the older buildings too, that often haven't been remodelled and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, every certainty. So there's there's a start from a punt. We'll say the the punter's point of view, but also yeah. from those who are involved. You know, the cast and crew, so to speak, too. Yeah, a lot absolutely. of venues that are accessible for audience are not accessible for performers. Mm. Um, that's really common um, and very unfortunate if you have people with disabilities trying to put on a show. Um, it's yeah, like I've can't even count how many venues I've tried to perform at where you go, they go like, Oh yes, we're totally accessible. And then you go backstage and it's not accessible. And there's no toilet backstage. There's no toilet backstage. It's accessible or yeah. yeah or yeah. there's, there's no consideration of, Oh, well maybe some of your crew members are disabled and yeah. might have, you know, say they might have mobility issues and not be able to get up the narrow stairs to mm-hmm. the tech box that doesn't have any handrails or, you know, things yeah. like yeah. this. Or you think of getting to backstage and you've got to go up, you know, a f- four or five stairs. Yep. Um, you know, and, yeah, some the stage was, I, re- I remember in, uh, an event um, last Fringe, not the one just gone, the one before, and it was at North Melbourne Town Hall. And, yes, um, the inimitable Jackie Brown could get on, Jack's Jackie Brown could get on the stage, but backstage not so sure yeah yeah so you know there's still all of that and then these are the things that people haven't thought about it you know once it you know won't be of why that we won't be aware yeah and there's other things around just the culture of some of these sorts of um communities often it's perfectly acceptable for everyone to you know pile out out the backstage door and have a smoke Ah. Mm. and for a lot of people with chronic illnesses that can be you know potentially deadly like yeah no two ways about it. it it's a real um prohibitive kind of factor that yeah and there's also uh something i struggle with um from a fatigue standpoint but i know a lot of artists struggle with in terms of like autism and stuff like that is after a show there's the expectation that performers will mingle with yes. the audience oh. and that is often a very crowded area lots of people trying to talk to you at once mm. um after you've just exhausted yourself performing yeah. Um, I have a like standing rule. I always tell like anyone I'm performing with, like, it's not personal, but once we're done, I'm going home. Like I probably won't even say goodbye. Yeah. Um, but that can be harmful because that hurts your career. Then if you can't mingle mm. and chat with people afterwards and network, mm. um, that can really, and networking, networking is hard at the best of times. Uh. <laughs> um, networking when disabled is Thank God for Facebook. Is yeah. basically yeah. <laughs> where you're coming from. And look, I I don't consider my introversion and highly sensitive person traits as disabilities. I see them as highly um, useful things that give me great insight, etc. But unfortunately, society can see things as you know. In that sense, they see them as weird or whatever, and judge them. Maybe if it's not even a disability sense, I don't like networking either. I get yeah. that. And, and um, yet- that's actually interesting you bring that up about, oh, it's not really a disability, but society doesn't work with that. Because in modern disability theory, that is kind of what disability is about. Ah. It's about being disabled by society. 
Aha. Um, now, there's a lot of... Now, obviously, again, people with disabilities is such a huge group. Yes. Um, so there is a bit of conflict, intra-community conflict, between, say, chronic people with chronic illness and people with congenital differences and stuff like that, um, between the we're not broken versus the we are broken crowd. Mm. Um, but, I, I mean, I think... If anyone with a chronic illness is listening and do feel like you're broken, I still think you should make friends with uh, disability pride people because even within that, it is helpful. Because the thing about that is, is it's not that you can't do X, Y, Z. It's about you need accommodations to do X, Y, Z. Yep. Um, and a really good example of this that I saw online is why, why do able-bodied people, you know, why do you all use oven mitts? Like, why don't you just put up with the pain? Like, you know, I mean, and that's, we, you know, we joke about that, but a, an oven mitt is an example of an accommodation, but we don't think of it as one because cool. everyone uses them. Yeah. Um, and a lot about improving access, both for performers and attendees of the arts, comes back to this idea about it's not necessarily that the person is disabled and that's why they can't do a thing. It's that they're disabled by society that is not giving them the tools they need to do the thing. Mm. Um, glasses are another good example of an accommodation that's like, so common you wouldn't call anyone who needs glasses disabled mm-hmm. um even though most people who wear glasses need them to see yeah take them away and yeah. suddenly we've got a whole new class of disabled people yeah exactly out. yeah yeah that, it's a good thought although yeah well i suppose when um yeah young people when this oldie was at school in the <laughs> 70s um you know i sort of um um, you know, I was called four eyes and all that sort of thing, yeah. which in a way is a form of disability prejudice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah which yeah, still absolutely. happens. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's and of course it, it's a travesty. Um, you know that it does when it is something that's you know going to make for a more inclusive society. Yeah. Um, and and, and this issue. is why focusing on the accommodations is a really good way to deal with disability in society because then you're not medicalizing the problem. Which mm. you know, leave that to the doctors. Leave that to the patient and doctor relationship. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, just what, you know, improving things that most people take for granted, you know, like we were talking about stage access and toilet access, like stuff like that people take for granted. So improve that. Um, and I did have another point, but I've forgotten it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like um, you know, the glasses example, though, that mm-hmm. now it's not such a tremendously big deal yeah. um, for, you know, young people growing up, um, it demonstrates that this stuff isn't static. Yeah. Our yeah. ideas around what counts as a disability mm. isn't static, and it's more about the fit of does the society and environment um, yield and be cooperating with the person yeah. to, to make a good match that is cohesive and works. And because, or is it resisting? Yeah. And mm. because that's the other thing is you can't make anything, whether it's an item or an event or a venue or whatever, you can't make anything accessible to everyone. It's literally impossible. Yeah. There are so many competing access needs, you just can't do it. So it's not about how do we make this thing accessible to everyone? It's about how do we make this as accessible as possible for what it is? Yeah. Mm. Um, and also make sure we have other things that will like serve the needs that we aren't. Mm. You know, so if you have a venue, uh, relaxed performances in the arts is a good example of this. Relaxed, relaxed performances, uh, they're not as common here in Australia, but they are in the UK, is basically where people are free to move around or make noise from the audience 
Um, so like people who need to yep. stim or have ticks or stuff like that. Oh. Um, and you know, it's not going to disturb the crowd, which is how a lot of people think of that kind of behavior um, in general. Yep. Now you can't have a relaxed performance and say that's accessible to everyone because there's going to be a lot of people who will be like very upset and, mm. you know, with mental illness and um, other disabilities where they wouldn't be able to be in that kind of, uh, atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so it's not, well, how do we make this one show accessible to people who need both? It's about, no, let's put on two shows. Yeah. One that serves the needs of this crowd and one that serves the needs of this crowd. And yep. also adequately informing people of yes. this is this option here, this is this option there. Yep. Or if, if you don't have a variety of options going, look, here's what we can do. Yeah. Here's what we can't do. Yeah. Yep. So All people right. know up front and don't have to do the extra work of trying to find out themselves. Yeah. I feel like, because um, last time I was on this show with you, Sally, we talked about access a lot as well. And I feel like that's always something we come back to in disability. But the thing is, is that's the biggest thing. Yeah. It's kind of thing. fundamental. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, you know, at, at the moment, disabled people are being held back from uh, taking part totally in society, mm. um, which is not only, you know, very silly because, again, we're one of the biggest minorities in the world, and also because almost everyone's going to be disabled at some point. Mm. There are two options in life. You die fast suddenly or you get disabled, mm. like, before you die. Those are the, those are the only two options. Mm. Um, and that sounds depressing, but I think it's important for people to think about. Yeah. No, look, to- totally agree that, you know, the choice aspect is critical when mm. you've got inclusion uh, when you've got choice, there there is that greater sense of inclusion. You've hit a really good point. I mean, you know, sort of, um, you know, generally speaking, and myself, let's say as an introvert and HSP, I'd prefer things quieter, mm. particularly if I'm having one-on-one conversations. But on the other hand, I do like to listen as long-suffering listens to this show, um, no, to classic rock. <laughs> How do I go to a classic rock concert? Yeah. So, yeah, there, there is yeah. that. Um, and you, you know, I think you've hit on act. something really good there because, you know, as you say, you don't identify as being a person with a disability. Um, but these accommodations we're talking about would still help you. Yes. They would still make society more enjoyable for you to take part in. Yeah. Um, and that's, um, you know, one of the things is like everyone's like, oh, we don't want to do the special things for disabled people. First of all, you should. Second of all, um, it improves it for everyone. Everyone yeah. has preferences that might be better served by an access. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it also brings in just to well, wander the conversation. You know, office environments, you know, that are open plan are a nightmare for yeah. introverts, HSPs. But a lot of extroverts say the same thing, that they can't get any privacy if they need yeah. to, say, make a doctor's appointment on anything. Yeah. But um, the other thing is people in open plan, there's more tendency, although even though I've worked in offices where I've had a place with a door, and people just barge in and go, bleh, bleh, bleh. and there's an introvert yeah. trying to concentrate deeply. It's sort of like, and then they go, you're listening to me. It's like, give me a bloody couple of seconds. Yeah. And Say good, hello and wait a minute. Please. Yes, and yeah. just let me get out of what I was concentrating on, which was trying to balance your books, which happened a lot when I was an accountant, yeah. and then I can talk to you, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I think I did hear of an, an organisation which became more introvert-friendly and would, if it had to call a meeting or something, would give 15-minute warnings. Mm, so you could right. finish off your passage of thought you know whether you're developing that new accounting spreadsheet to um, make your finances better or whatever it was developing the policy to be more inclusive (laughs) and then you could okay now i can go on to the other topic but to jump around topics of course for deep processing people you know is sort of that's where your head explodes you know explodes Yeah, yeah. yeah so lots of things we can think about and um you know you've you've hit really good points you know accommodating everyone um 
we've hit a, a pause there, I reckon. So let's have another one. And um, Ian Jury, um, uh-huh. who, um, you know, I, gosh, researching this program today was quite awesome in what I remembered, came up with or remembered. And Ian Jury, and, well, I'll play one of his more well-known songs, Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick, and we'll keep the conversation going on um, International Day of People with a Disability and the Out of the Pan Queer and Disabled Intersectional Special. Um, and you're on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, and on demand, Out of the Pan with guests, Sally, uh, sorry, with Sally and guests, <laughs> take a breath, with Erin and Kermie. 3CR 855 AM digital, 3CR, um, dot, um, 3CR 855 AM, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand, out of the pan with Sally and guests Erin and Kermie. Excited because it's a great intersectional show. And, um, well, just heard from Ian Jury who experienced polio. And um, also there was controversy about Ian Jury in the Blockhead song Spasticus Autisticus in the mm. 70s, which... You know, when you look back at it, you think, you know, Ian's someone experiencing a disability and, you know, people didn't take it the right, sort of took it in a way that was it was seen as being demeaning when he, you know, and I think was doing his best to raise awareness, you know, so... Um, I think it's one of those things as well uh, that we always bump into in marginalised identities where, like, we can say it, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, I, I love that song. and <laughs> But to me, that, that was something that was written for other people with disability. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I mean, if you're able-bodied, you can listen to it, I guess, but it's not for you. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. So, yeah, there's all those issues. We've had a couple of comments in. um, The fabulous Pete, who does Doing Time, and Marissa from Doing Time is up uh, next with her International um, Disability Day program, um, if you're listening live for the first broadcast on Sunday. um, And that'll be at 1 o'clock. Lived experience of blindness and vision impairment. Um, so a different angle um, to the usual doing time at 4pm Mondays. And um, the fabulous um, Linda, um, sex geek extraordinaire, has um, said hi to Aaron. And hi, Linda. There's massive networking going on now as we do Facebook <laughs> friending. See, this is what the 3CR does, bringing diverse communities together. Um, and, of course, this is a show on International Day of People with, a dis- with Disabilities um, to talk about intersections, and we do want to get back on back to the intersection of queer and disability and, you know, what that can mean. So, you know, anything you want to talk about individually and more, but also what you've observed around queer communities, what sort of things need to get fixed and talked about. Um, again, to harp on access, apologies, mm. but, I mean, queer events tend to not be very accessible. Yeah. Um, queer venues tend to not be very accessible. Events, one-off events are getting better. I have noticed a big improvement in efforts to make like warehouse parties, like queer warehouse parties yeah. more accessible and stuff like that. So that's really good. Um, still room for improvement. I, do, I still think it's the case that there aren't any sex on premises venues for mm. men in Melbourne that are completely, they're, they're all just inaccessible. Um, and also, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, when we talk about access, we often talk about wheelchair access, but there is other stuff too. Like we were talking about with quiet um, areas yep. and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, that also needs to be taken into account. Um, as does, I think, and uh, there is some debate about whether addiction falls under disability. I believe it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and more alcohol-free queer events would be really yes. good for that reason. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends who are sober who have to skip a lot of queer events yes. because Ooh. they just can't 
be around that. It's too, too tough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, lots of things in there. And just to mention at two o'clock in Psychedelia, um, we'll be talking about the hidden implications of living actually with chronic fatigue with Kate Pern. Hey. But they also mm-hmm. talk about um, so, um, issues of, of course, addiction and substances and breaking down stigma right. and actually be doing a bit of a joint special with them in a couple of weeks. Um, nice. So watch out and listen out for that. But yeah, coming back to the point, you've got a really good point. I mean, Sex on premises um, or venues that are set, including mm. and or venues that are sex positive and look, Pulse has lots of good events. Yeah, and but... I mean, this is also because, um, I mean, I'm quite involved in the leather and kink communities in yes. Melbourne and they are never, never accessible. Um, at, sometimes if you're really lucky, it'll be wheelchair accessible in that you can get a wheelchair in if the step is small, but there won't be accessible toilets. Mm. Um you know, I mean, that's, uh, and I mean, again, I think people are trying to ch- fix that. People are working on it. But um, especially with queer and leather events, like respectability politics is uh, very important when it comes to finding venues for things. Yeah. Um, and a lot of wheelchair friendly and otherwise accessible venues don't like the perverts uh, hiring their space. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> no, fair call. And, you know, of course, You've hit the nail on the head. It's hard enough to find an event that will do some sort of anything that's remotely, even if it's just light touch, that will close on. I mean, even just finding venues for queer stuff can be difficult. True. Even now. Like just a safe space to socialise and a completely not even any kind of sex or romance or anything involved where you just want to be with your people. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the only, like... There's Hairs and Hyenas, who, like, are the best. Of course. Um, yeah, you could say to roll in the um, But, like, other than that, there's no really queer-focused places I can think of. No, me either. And, I, like, you need a broad like, basis. Yeah. We're well, not all in the, you know, inner suburbs. That's yeah, right. Yeah, We're yeah. not all in the latte belt. Yeah. Um, um, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, if you're in, all over the place. So. Well, it, you know, it brings up the issues if you are in, I don't know, Cardinia Shire or Melton or, you know, and then let's yeah. go to Malacuta and Mildura, goodness me. Mm. Um, of course, that exacerbates and exponentialises yeah. everything. But, um, yeah, you, you're right. We need choices and we need lots of things. Um, so, you know, um, and the thing is, you know, we touched on it before, people aren't even consulted. I mean... Um, well, we're discussing it off air and nearly got to it at the Pride Centre um, <laughs> just as we were finishing, as the track finished. And, you know, the fact that it was the big organisations that were consulted first and then it sort of feels yeah. like everyone else has been added in as an afterthought. Yeah. Um, so was there going to be disability inclusion? We don't know. We don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Like you'd want to hope so, considering that it's government funded. Yeah. But... Um... Yeah, and often yeah, no. just even the fact that it's a mystery to us. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, it shouldn't be. Like, it shouldn't yes. be. That we're just like, it should well, be. Of course, the Pride Centre will be accessible because you know. Yeah, but why wouldn't it be? Disabled yeah. people can be queer too, guys. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's and that's the thing that you know um, that um, you know we don't know, but. Um, and I, I lost my train of thought there, so because <laughs> we're being no, that's all right. We're being flooded with thoughts because there is so much to talk about. And as you said, we, you you come on the show every time, and it ends up being about Sorry. access. No, that shows <laughs> there is so much to talk about, yeah. and how much we still need to well, not just talk, but you know, do it and bring people in. You know, immediately a project starts, mm. and, I, and then mm. that gives, of course, it gives a sense of ownership yep. as well. Um, so yeah, lots, to, lots to consider. I do have one non-access thing I, I thought of that Ooh. I can bring up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that is, um, 
discrimination in dating. Ah. Oh, yeah. Um, because, and I mean, I don't think this is by any means uh, unique to queers. I think it is, you know, pretty universal. Mm. But, um, I mean, a lot of my friends, you know, trying to use hookup apps, um, oh. like Grinder and all that, it's like, oh, no, sorry, I don't want to be with a insert slur here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's or, a, or you have to disclose something and then sudden mysterious silence. Sudden yes. silence, yeah. Um, and again, that comes back to the intersection of trans as well, because fr- obviously friends with a lot of trans people who get the same thing. Mm. Um, and also, um, particularly in gay male culture, um, mm. or queer male culture, I should say, um, there's there's such a, in the mainstream culture, there's such a focus on being like a bodybuilder, gym bunny type guy, yeah. and like being, you know, at the top of your game and also being super white. Let's not, mm. let's not whitewash, mm. like, let's not pretend that that's not an issue. Mm. Um, and if you're not, I mean, I can't do that. I'm a big fat dude because like I can't exercise, guys. That's just how it is. Um, and those things are, you know, both things that make me completely unacceptable to the mainstream mm. queer male world. Um, and even, I mean, the disability thing, even in groups where being big fat dudes, okay, like bear community, being very severely disabled can often be a barrier from there. So it's like, well, I mean, you know, you're almost right, but you're still not quite right. Yeah. Um, yeah, go on. Sorry. And and I find often there's this perception that you're looking for someone to look after you. Oh, you're looking God, for a yes. carer, not a partner. Oh. And even <laughs> I, I find a lot, um, I I tend to like reconnecting with people who I haven't seen in ages. You know, yeah. like, hey, you want to catch up for a coffee once every, you know, five billion years? <laughs> it would be great. Um, and there's these people who I contacted after I became more severely disabled than I had been mm-hmm. last time I'd seen them, um, who... Because of, like, gender dynamics, there's this kind of assumption that, oh, I was positioning these people who were mostly women as the, you know, caring, nurturing kinds of people and that I was looking for them to help me through all my problems as me who they were perceiving as, you know, some queer odd being who, you know, we're not sure, but, um, (laughs) you know, who is not in that same role. Yeah. and I ended up having all these people who just kind of were like, I'm so sorry, I can't be the person to help you through all this oh, tragic yep. stuff that you're going through. <laughs> and I'm like, I was just asking you if you'd, you know, like go and see that movie by that director you, that you liked that's yep. opening next week. Mm. My, one, of, one, of, one of my favourites, and by favourites I mean things I hate, is um, mm. when people are like, well... If you can't do everything I'm interested in, I don't want to date you. Now I'm I'm polyamorous, so like, and I'm only interested in dating people who are polyamorous. I don't have to do everything you do. <laughs> like, if you like hiking, awesome. Go date someone who likes hiking. You can still lie on the couch and watch Netflix with me. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. Well, yes, I've got to um, get people past the. Oh my God, you're interested in world wrestling entertainment type of thing. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm I'm not a something that you think. I just um I. I I'm not a mark either. There's an there's a world wrestling entertainment um, gag, but yeah, you know it is. You know people can't. You know it's a, people just don't see the whole person. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah big um, issue. And, and yeah, it's like once they know you're disabled, they're like, oh god, oh, how do I talk to it? How do I interact yeah. with it? Oh. 
how would I date it? How, how do I intuit what they need? Yeah. How, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, just have a day-to-day conversation if you're not sure about something. Is it okay? Oh, we'll put it. Is it okay to ask about yes. things? Yes. It's important to. Yes. Please, Please yes. Please ask. Just ask politely as, you know, generally mm. um, when discussing anything with people. But yes, yes God, ask. Yeah. You know, like so many... Um, and, and like, I don't even mind. I've had some very offensive questions asked to me, and I don't even mind as long as they're asked with good intentions. Here, here, you know, it's, like, I'm not exactly sure about this, but I'd re- I would like to respect your exactly. situation and be respectful. I need to know, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, like, be prepared to be shut down and told, of no, course, that's not something that yeah, find a problem. I mean, to ideally, Google it. Just, like, yes. Google it and then ask. <laughs> yes, Google Do your background do research. Yep. And then if you still need specifics. And, I mean, I think that's actually yeah. important because, as I, as we mentioned earlier in the show, people with disability is a huge group of people. We're not a monolith. Like, there are lots of intra-community disagreements. Mm. So, you know, if you have a question about something, like, by all means, research it. Um, but also be aware that the person you're talking to might or might not agree with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, gee, funnily enough, the same as the broader queer community. Very yeah, quickly, because we're, <laughs> we are running rapidly out of time. Yes. Um, so I just want to do two um, quick questions. If you had a take-home message for, we'll say, the, the broader queer community, the expe- ability-expected queer community, and the broader community in general for people who are at the intersection of queer and disabled on how to be better allies, any sort of take-home uh, look, just remember where people just like just remember us because that's the biggest issue with allies is they forget us. Yeah, yeah. and and I think the queer community is so good at um, like knitting together new support structures yes. for ourselves and tailoring things to our own unique needs and histories and things like that. Use those skills. Yeah, apply yeah. them. And, like, if it's okay in terms of take-home messages uh, to any disabled queers out there, you're wonderful and we love you and Absolutely. you're the best. Here, here. Yeah. I think that's a good way to finish up. I'd better get out of here and make way for the next program, which on this disability special day is not um, Freedom of Species, just for once. It is Marissa from Do and Time talking about lived, lived experience of blindness and vision impairment and, um, you know, sort of the focus of what it was like for older blind people before technology, amongst other things. So stay tuned um, to everyone. Erin and Kermie, thanks. Come back sometime. We've all, we never run out of things to talk about. Um, there's so much. And, yeah, please, venue owners, I think if I pulled one thing out of this, um, you know, sort of um, that would be mine, I think, that, you know, just getting people to be together is so so important and be included. So let's keep working on it. Thank you for having us, Sally. Oh, yeah, with a pleasure. So much. Um, thanks for 3CR for organising this special day of programming. Stay tuned all the way through for the special programming till 7pm. A whole heap of um, fab programs coming up. Check out um, 3cr.org.au um, backslash disability day 2017. Take it out very quickly just for a minute with Neil Young, who I found out had um, faced lots of issues of ability through his life and a good one keep on rocking in the free world thanks everyone and next week with a bit of luck a very special guest i'll give you a cryptic clue could be that hell freezes over 3cr 855 m digital thanks for listening i'll catch you next week you've been listening to a 3cr podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3cr in melbourne australia for more information go to allthews.3cr.org.au